Good morning. This is August the 2nd, 2023. What a day the Lord has made. This is a day that he will show up and show off and flex his bicep and whatever situation you are going through. He will not just see you overcome. He'll see you be developed and he will see you overcome, but you're going to come out a different person. Whatever your situation is, I'm telling you, he's more than enough. He will um, anoint you. He will over. He will break through cause. He will cause breakthrough. Whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever anxiety or depression is not bigger than our God. Amen. It's third. It's Wednesday. I knew it was someday during the week. I'm not for sure which one. They're starting to run together at this point. Um, we were up late and getting stuff ready yesterday for VBS and working on that and. Um, got a lot done last night, trying to move stuff around. We had um, some people st- stay after volleyball and help us, so that was really that was good. Got some stuff done there. Um, we're excited. VBS starting tomorrow night here at Bethel Fellowship. Six o'clock, we got a lot to do. So we don't have regular service tonight. Um, we will have a final night of preparation for VBS this evening. Anybody wants to come out and help us prepare um i think most people are going to get there probably around five um i know that me heather and sarah and a couple others are going to start at four um but most people's gonna get there at five anybody wants to come out and participate in helping us uh decorate and get all the final touches that would be excellent um i'm it's a lot uh we got a lot to do tonight um so uh by god's grace we'll get her done uh but it's it's going to be an awesome time awesome time with kiddos um so so bring your kiddos out tomorrow night starting at six um we will of course have food we'll have some crafts we'll have teaching we're gonna have uh worship and dance we're gonna have um recreation and then we'll do that thursday and friday and then saturday is going to kind of more of a commencement day and a church picnic slash thing and all the obstacle course and the water slides and all that's going to be an excellent day um so we're just really excited about these upcoming three days but again tonight if you are free and you're a part of Bethel Fellowship, and you want to come out? Well, if you didn't, you're not. You can come help us. We don't care. Um, but <laughs> if you feel led to come, lend a hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we we bust a tail last night, and did, I mean we made a dent in it. But man, it's we got everything distributed, but it's now got to get put in the right place. And we started that last night too, and cleared the stage. And so we worked really hard last night. Um, but God's good. Amen. God's good. Um, then we have Greater Vision concert coming up August the 4th, which is this Friday night over at East Main Street. That's right between the Jock Thomas House and the Sicilian Bank. And we got that. Um, that that's a free concert. Dennis Cook from First Baptist and then GCHS Men's Choir will be there opening up. Again, that's a free concert right there between Jack Thomas House and the Sicilian Bank. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be an awesome night of gospel singing. Um, then we have Brother Lance Johnson coming this Sunday morning. He'll be here at Bethel Fellowship. Our services start at 1015 in the morning. You can get here at 945 for coffee, donuts, and prayer. Um, so we pray over here in the sanctuary, kind of just setting the atmosphere. And we do chat and fellowship over here well. But a lot of people go over to the uh, multi-purpose building and they eat their donuts and drink their coffee and <coughs> have a great time fellowshipping over there. And so we just kind of split that down the middle. Um, and so we're excited for that uh, Sunday morning. Brother Lance Johnson's going to be here. Then in that evening, he'll be at Madra Pentecostal at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, for that evening. And um, 
So you got two opportunities to hear Brother Lance this weekend as he's in. And then, of course, all this is in prepping, preparation and believing God for a great outpouring on September 10th, 11th, and 12th here at Bethel Fellowship for the Harvest Now Crusade. Um, and we're just expecting God to blow the roof off of this place. Um, we're ready for extended meetings, whatever he wants to do. We're saying yes and amen to the harvest and for his spirit to move. And we're willing to be inconvenienced. We're willing to make whatever amen. adjustments we need to make because that is the you cannot have revival and convenience and luxury. at this. It just doesn't go together because revival and a move of God will literally change everything down to the DNA of who you are. It just it changes you. It changes mm -hmm. the way you process things. It changes the way you perceive things. It changes your perspectives it changes your heart desires it'll change everything and so that's that's what revival does and if you're not ready for that don't ask for revival mm -hmm. because then revival will crush you I'm, i mean that from the bottom of my heart don't ask for something you're not ready for and um you either want it or you don't because the last thing we want to do is catch a glimpse of revival and people not be ready for it and we kill it like we've done so many other times in the church and so if you really want revival, ask for it, but be prepared for the change because it will literally, literally change everything about you and your life. Um, I mean, just that three, two or three months we went through it um, in 2015 and we experienced the taste of the move of God um, to, you know, taste and see that he's good. Well, I understand that because we tasted and seen and we've never been the same since. And that's our heart cry to go farther than we've ever even dreamed of going during that move. But, I mean, we were there every night for two to three hours praying with a group of young people. And, you know, when you're baptizing 56 people in two services, that doesn't go quick. You're not mm -hmm. just in and out. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just an incredible thing, revival is. But it will change everything about church and life. So, You know, we need it. We need revival in the church so bad. Because we need a revolution in this world right now. Mm -hmm. We need a change. We need to steer the di different direction. And the church is the one who God has chosen to take over the earth. He has gave us the authority to go forward into the world and preach the gospel and set the captives free and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and all these things. He's given us this commandments. He given he gave us this the great commission. And it, we shouldn't take it so lightly. And I think for so long we have done it in a, I don't, I'm not trying to belittle what they've done in the past, but I feel like we, we've kind of lost a little bit of the, the early church fathers mm -hmm. and how they went about the things. I mean, it, it, like Aaron said, it disrupted their whole life. Yeah. It disrupted what their plans that they had. They were, the disciples were pulled from their families to be, taught by by jesus for a, an extended period and not that we're saying you're not going to be with your families but there is a laying your life down for god yeah. there is a laying aside things and, and i think even in that when they were going through the training god was also showing them things in their heart that they weren't ready for and he Basically, he exposed everything, every bit of darkness that they had. He exposed every little crook and cranny that maybe wasn't all in. Mm -hmm. And I think he lost some, too. You know, there was times that when they talked about, we, me and Aaron talked about this, when he talked about communion, he lost a lot of them mm -hmm. because they didn't understand. They didn't have the revelation. And I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, I'm ready to see what God's going to do at this VBS because 
the devil's been after our children for so long. Yeah. And he's still fighting. And I'm praying over these kids. I want us to, I want that to be something. I know we're going there to have fun and, and enjoy each other. But my prayer over these kids is that God just marks them mm-hmm. and that, that we pray over them, whatever they're dealing with, whatever this generation is, is in their life or at home or, or at school or wherever they may go, that God protects them in their minds and keeps them mm-hmm. um, in this place where I know that God has marked some of these kids to do great exploits and protect them from what the enemy tries to sow into them. Because if we're not sowing into them, somebody is. Yeah. And uh, just like this conference, I'm, I've been thinking about it too. And I'm like, God, I want revival to happen before this. For we'll go out into the highways and byways more than we've bring been. And bring people in. And then we'll see the harvest come even more now than we've ever seen. And that, that people don't just come here for a good service but people come here and it's a life changing and they they don't want to leave and I said because well, I want heaven to invade earth that's my prayer lately God it's time because time is drawing short yeah. and when heaven invades earth there's a there's a there's a tendency that things begin to shift and this past Sunday there was a shift I don't know if anybody else felt it but I felt a shift happen and this is kind of my little, this is where I, as a prophet, this is where I sense things more. When there's a shift, I can, ooh, it's like, ooh, that's right up where I'm, this is where I operate. And because of the, when the shift comes, it's kind of like changing gears. You'll be going down the road, and you're shifting gears, and, and then it's like, okay, wait a second. I felt that. There's something happening. There's We're, we're, we're kicking it into overdrive, but... I also believe sometimes when you shift, you go from reverse to drive. So we've been going in the wrong direction for so long. And not just that, I'm not, I'm not talking about here, but we've been in our own hearts. It seems like we have been kind of take one step forward and two steps back. Mm-hmm. And God says, I'm done with this. I'm done with taking a step back and two, you know, or two steps back and one step forward because we're never getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I felt like look, God says it's time to put it in shift and don't take it out of drive. It's to keep going. We're going to put it in fourth gear and we're going to keep on rolling because what's coming so quickly, I believe, upon the earth is there's going to be Joel too. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it more now that um, it, it is increasing and it's it's coming that He's pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh and whosoever will at this moment in time, whosoever shall get upon that and say, God, yes, I choose me, God. And I believe also at the same time, I feel like the Lord says, "You whosoever will, but let me make disciples of these of you. It's time to people to lay aside these things. We got to start making disciples. And I know, and, and all the teachings are there. People are teaching here all the time on Wednesday. <clears throat> There's always something going on, Bible classes. If you're not taking part in something to be discipled, then what what are we doing? You know, I, I, we're believers. We're, we're supposed to be if we're really filled with Jesus, I heard I was listening to this conference, and he says, if we really want to know if we're really sold out to Jesus, he said, look at your screen time on your phone. He said, how many how many hours do you spend on Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, or all these other programs on your phone? He says, it will startle you. He says, and then look at your Bible app, or look at how much time you spend um, reading your Bible. He said, it's really, it'll, it'll, it'll mess with you. And he's not saying, he said, I know that we're we're in a digital age, but 
we're caught off by the enemy because he pulls these other things in there mm-hmm. as maybe God can use it for the good, but the enemy is still there saying, Hey, look at your Facebook. Well, look at your, you know, look at this, look at this, look at this. And all those things, it can be used for the glory of God. And I'm not saying if you look on there, you know, Hey, I see what people are doing, but there, you, do you ever get to a point where you're just like scrolling and you don't even realize you're scrolling? <laughs> and it, it might, I've seen yeah. kids, my, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how to get my kids off these games, off these phones, because I mean, it's just like they're, I don't know, like they're sitting there just flipping, like they don't even, it's just mindless. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a mindless, like, what are we doing? <clears throat> and so I'm just like, uh, my prayer is God help us, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to break that. Um, and get off of a treadmill. I off, feel like yep. we've been on a treadmill because we... We're so busy, everyone's so busy, and we seem like we're going so fast, but really we're just staying in the same place. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's, uh, I think that, that, but God wants so much more, and He has more for us. Well, we just got to get into the alignment of it. And, you know, this morning we come in, and everybody's like, you know, I, I've been so messed up. I listened to this conference and, and um, so, some of the people that I follow a lot, and, Oh, I can't even explain just, I mean, what, what's happening. And I was like, I want to see how many views they got. Cause most of the time when you have these conferences, they get hundreds of thousands of views and they had like 30 or 40, you know, that's pretty good, but it's not like popular for people to, because they're talking about the casting out devils and deliverance and people are scared of that. And I'm like, I want more. I want to know what this is. And I want to know, I, I believe that the that's part of the scriptures, or that's part of the, who God was. And Jesus, when he walked the earth, that's what I believe is so much lost in the church. That we see people getting healed. We see people um, getting saved. But we don't see people getting delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, I mean, we see it re- seldom, but there is a call right now for deliverance yeah. and i believe god has took the microscope and said okay enough is enough there's things that are hiding in you that needs to come out mm-hmm. there's things and there's pockets of you that has to be you know this member you haven't yielded this part of your life to me it's time for you to start yielding every part every bit of hurt every bit of trauma every bit of pain or generational even going back to the gener- 10th generation you know, there's generational curses that need to be broken. And I'm not talking about screaming at devils and yelling at them. I'm talking about let's get down to the the, the nitty gritty. Let's look into the heart. of Let God look in the heart of man and expose what, expose what maybe is there. Yeah. And, and that true freedom begins to happen in, the, in people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like those people, you ever deal with this and you're like, I got free. And then you go a year and then you come back and. You're, they're doing it again, and, and you're having that same problem. You may have been free from it for a little bit, but you really truly wasn't free. It's just that you got better. The enemy got better at hiding. Mm. And I'm like, when when, when the, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. And I'm sitting there thinking, let's let's what true freedom is all about. And I believe that some of these people that I've, I've been following are really exposing some of the dark places that I think we all need to. You can reevaluate our own lives and Amen. look in our own hearts, and so. But. Yeah. And 
something I like um, is <clears throat> when you talk about like the enemy isn't coming in through the front door <clears throat> usually, you know, but also we give place to the devil. If we don't give place, if we resist him, if we submit to God and resist him, then he will flee from us. Mm-hmm. We aren't to give any place to him and, and he can't just come without permission. So yeah. uh, my prayer <clears throat> is that the Lord will reveal all the ways that we give permission Every day, even in small things, yeah. for the enemy to come in and to tempt us, and and um, and I, I think once we all of that gets exposed, it'll be it, it'll be amazing. We'll start to see a lot of freedom. I'm like, what are we filling our house with? If we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, what are we filling our house with? And I'm sitting there thinking, if you get set free and you go back and you start doing the same old things over and over, and you're not filling it with Jesus, it's kind of like this. Um, a lot of times I feel like we fill it with things that are just nonsense and even my own self, you know, I'm preaching to myself because this, this, what I'm going through lately is just like exposure to everything that, Hey, Jacob, you're not doing this either. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm working on it. God, help me, help me, empower me. You know, it's like, uh, I know that we have to get to this place where we're so full of God and that we fill the house where when that devil comes and he finds a window locked yeah, and he can't get in. He finds that you didn't open the door to let him in to the front door or the back door. And all the houses are locked because you're full of Jesus. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with God. And you just got so much of, of this presence of God around you. The demons don't want that. They don't want to be part of that. Yeah. But they like it when you feed them things, when you feed scary movies and all these things we're entertaining. And I know a lot of people may disagree with me, but that I I, I think we entertain devils unaware and we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Just like we entertain angels unaware. And um, I was like, who are we feeding, the spirit or are we feeding the enemy mm-hmm. in our own hearts? So that I didn't mean to go off on that, but it's just been burning my heart. Oh, good, good stuff. Um, we're going to go into John. Um, we're trying to fight our way through it. Um, we've got... Gotten pretty far. Yeah. I think we have decided that Hebrews will be the next book that we do. Amen. Uh, that's kind of what the consensus was from everybody who's got back with me. And that's kind of where I was favoring anyways. Hebrews is a phenomenal book. Um, we'll deal with a lot more on that whenever we get to it. Because we still probably... I'm not going to be shocked if we don't finish John before the end of the year um, because now we're getting ready to get into some heavy stuff with the crucifixion. And and so John is just, we still got several chapters, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. We got six more chapters to go. So John chapter 16, remember the context of what's going on is Jesus has kind of given his final encouragement to them or um, edification and he's trying to prepare them for what's coming up because he's leaving and he just told them he's leaving and he's trying to prepare them for the fact that they're going to hate them because the world first hated him and the reason they hate him is because they hated the father and they didn't know the father and so he's preparing them for being hated they're he's preparing them for persecution and he's continuing that in chapter 16 because he says these things have i spoken unto you that you shall not be offended. So he's telling them, don't be personally offended. This thing's not against you personally. This thing's bigger than that. And um, they shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time shall cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that they doeth God's service. So 
that could not have been an encouraging, encouraging statement to the disciples, mm-hmm. like Jesus saying, when they kill you, uh, they're thinking they're going to do it for God. Mm. Uh, Jesus, you could leave me with something a little bit more encouraged with that. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> he didn't even say if, he said when they kill you, yeah. right? Um, yeah, like, uh, that whosoever killeth you. Uh, okay. Whoever kills you. <laughs> and so, yeah. so when you all die, uh, <laughs> don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he just said to him. Um, don't get offended when they throw you in the um, throw you out of the synagogue and they kill you, um, because at that time they do it and they think and they are deceived and persuaded that they are doing it for God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. So he's reminding, like the reason they're doing this is not because they're hitting you personally; it's because they don't know the Father. Mm. And they don't know me. They think they're going to do it for the Father, but they're really not doing it for the Father. They're doing it for the devil. And he tells them that a little few chapters later. I mean, earlier, he says that their father is the devil. I mean, that's what he straight up said. Their father is the devil. And they think they're doing what they're doing for God, but in reality, they're doing it for the devil. And we see things like that with Paul, or at that point, Saul, you know, whenever he's going around persecution, persecuting Christians and traveling town to town and having them stoned or put to death. Um, he has the papers to arrest them, um, crucify them, whatever it looks like. You know, he has those papers. He has the permission. And he's doing it all in the name of what? God. Like, mm-hmm. he is persuaded he's doing it for God because, again, they think Jesus is a blasphemer. blasphemer mm-hmm. So they're not going to want his disciples either. And then if you go into early parts of Acts, you know, they're preaching the name of Jesus, healing in the name of Jesus. And yet these Pharisees, scribes, leaders, Jewish officials, they're sitting there going, if you teach in the name of Jesus again, then we're going to put you back into jail. Okay. And then they go out and teach in the, like immediately, they go out and teach in the city, uh, Jesus' name. And then they would beat them. And then they would go to prison. And then an angel would come and lock them, get them out. And then they would go back into the street and they preach again. And it was a reciprocal cycle. You could not shut these guys up. Mm. And um, and these other people, though, they're doing it in the name of God. And Jesus is telling them all along, this is going to happen. I wonder what that would be like today. Would we lose half of our congregation? Well, if I sit there and I said, Jesus said you all are going to die. <laughs> and it's all because of him, not you all. And don't get offended when it happens. Mm. That's what he just said. I like, know. you know, and... But these guys, like, we're, we're rough on the disciples a lot. I know. But imagine <laughs> you're sitting in the room, Jesus saying, I'm getting ready to go away. I'm going to leave a comforter. But when you are killed, don't take it up personally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had to be true followers because yeah. you think about that. Jesus just talked about, what, a little bit before that. Well, it may have been a little bit mm-hmm. further, but he talked about communion, you know. And he's talking about drinking my flat, or drinking my blood and eating my flesh and lost almost all of them but a few yeah and now now he's telling them you're gonna die for me well you know that's a that's a big it's a big yeah. statement to say and to take in so yeah because in john chapter six you know there's i would say twenty thousand plus for sure and the chapter ends after he says partake of my flesh and drink of my blood um you know i think there's 12 and then one of them's the devil he said so yeah um they're struggling and even they were struggling to an extent they you know these are hard sayings yeah um but where else shall we go you have the words of eternal life amen and um and so 
it, it could not have been easy being a disciple. No. Yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I think we forget how hard it was. Yes. So what was Judas, you think, thinking at this point? Oh, man. Judas isn't here. Oh, he's, he's already done it. Judas left in 13. That's right. Okay. After the foot washing ordeal. And then so one of you are going to betray me. So Judas is out of the room at this point. Um, okay. That's right. <clears throat> and so Judas is even around. He's off betraying. So the 11. He's, 30 pieces he, of silver. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this would have been predominantly to the 11. Um, being the Last Supper, I feel like there's probably a few Mary and Marys in there. Not the singing group, but Mary. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so, um, sorry, I had to do it. Um, but, you know, there was probably a few other people in the room, but predominantly he's talking to his his 11. Yeah. Um, you know, I do. I think we forget, like, how blessed we are to be, like, the young ones in the kingdom. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think about it as, like, we're, like, the younger siblings, like, in the, in the family. And, like, we've watched everything that's happened. Yep. And we get to literally have a book to show us, like, what not to do, what to do, yeah. what to learn from. But yet we still, we still do the same things. Do the same things. Most <laughs> time we don't listen to the book. And we don't listen to the book. History repeating itself. Yeah. I, you know, that's one thing that's fascinating to me is just how much of Christianity is negative towards the book. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I hear it more and more. And, like, people I used to listen to all the time, they're, like, um, they're really coming against the Bible. Like, and, you know, it's just, it's, I don't, I heard I heard one person say the other day, like, and I get it, like, to a certain extent what he's saying, but I, I don't think I'd ever say it behind a pulpit. Like, he was definitely, and I wouldn't even say this anytime really because i don't really feel like it's the case but he said the bible has nothing become nothing more than an idol for the new testament church Ooh. and i was like no 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 like it's the word of god it's, like, yeah. it's the inspired word of god like i understand that some people worship versions versions sometimes and, and maybe like some people worship just like they just worship the bible itself per yeah. se and I, I can understand that, but he wasn't even alluding to that. Like he was saying, like we just put too much emphasis on it, and yeah, and uh, mm. like he wanted to change scripture. He wanted to, well, he wanted mm. to, he wanted to change the Old Testament. He, you know, whenever you know, we believe that God is just, but He is also good, and He can be fully justed, He can be fully righteous and fully good at the same time. And there is there are certain things He did in the Old Testament. And he doesn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The thing that changes is the way he responds to us because mm -hmm. of Jesus. <clears throat> but they want to change who he is in the Old Testament. And I'm just like, you know, it really bothered me. It, it bothered me to such an extent I had to turn it off and just kind of disconnect. I'm, I'm just about done. I've, I keep trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause people, want, people want the Bible to conform to them instead of them conforming to what God says. That's the biggest problem. We live in a society that wants to, everybody to conform to their way and it's just man man's gonna mess everything up so do not follow man i mean god puts people in charge and he puts people in places and he has your generals that if they're even paul said it follow me as i follow christ but mm -hmm. if i don't follow christ don't follow after me mm -hmm. and i think that's what everybody's like oh you know let's change this or Let's come out with a new translation. One person wants to come out with this new translation, and, and I'm sorry if you use that translation, but it's just not. It's you know, it's dangerous when you're adding stuff to stuff like that. So I want to come back to this after break because I have something, but we're almost almost out of time here. 
Do we have a trivia question? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, let me see here. I have the paper. And this week is for a drawing for two backs, backpacks full of school supplies. Yep. Oh, cool. I was uh, at Walmart school shopping the other night, and I was like, why am I not filling up the backpacks right now? Because I'm going to go, I was going to go today or tomorrow, fill the back. I was like, <laughs> I'm already here school shopping. I should have done it then, not even think about it. Whew. All right, Wednesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Who killed Amas um, or Amas or Amasa? I don't know how you say that. Um, <laughs> a masa. I think it's a masa after holding his beard and kissing him. I hope I said that right. Who killed a masa or um, Mufasa? Mufasa. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I heard Jacob. Um, masa after holding his beard and kissing him. 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Question. And it's Joab. Joab was the one that held that one dude beard and kissed him. Uh, and so, but no, Miss Cecily got that answer right. So her name will get in the drawing too. Uh, so that puts another name in the drawing for this three-week period for those two backpacks. So the way we work, again, for those who are wondering out there, usually it's every two weeks we have a drawing. And so your name can get in twice every two weeks for the prize. Um, and so that's going to be... We, this one we did a three-week because we was doing the two backpacks and we wanted to kind of lead it right up into the school. So I know Grayson County started today, and um, we're praying for them to have a great school year and safe school year and protection around the kiddos. And then uh, next week, Breckenridge County, I believe, starts, and then our school here at Bethel Christian Academy starts next Friday, the 11th. And so uh, <clears throat> we still have a couple of spots open if anybody wants more information on bca then you can call 270-257-8330 again that's 270-257-8330 still some spots to fill up they were over at volleyball last night and i went over there for a little while and um checked out volleyball and um <clears throat> i love volleyball <laughs> i do i do i love volleyball i don't know why i love playing volleyball so much but in high school i I think I enjoyed playing volleyball during gym as much as I ever did basketball. Basketball. Um, until I broke the girl's <coughs> nose, and then it was traumatizing. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I spiked it, and it, she she shouldn't have been there. Um, <laughs> she was not supposed to be there. It was a setup, and I spiked it, and I got I got it good, and got her good too. And I still feel bad today. So if you're listening, and you know who you are, and I broke your nose in high school, I'm <coughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Well, it can happen with basketball, too, because oh, when, yeah. I, when I was at Bethel, you know, we would have the breaks with the high schoolers, and I was in elementary school, and I don't know if I why I was underneath the basket. I mean, I was a kid, so I'll give myself a free pass, but I don't know if the, the guy dunked it or what he did, but the ball came, like, so hard down on my nose, and mm. really, it probably could have broke my nose, <clears throat> so it can happen in any sport. Well, I felt really <laughs> bad. Um I, I don't think I played a lot after that. I just It's like traumatized. <laughs> to this day, I'm still traumatized. Looking down and seeing her on the floor and all, it was just pray for me. Um, all right. Well, anyways, we have um, we covered a few verses in John chapter 16. Um, we'll keep moving forth with that. But it's still it's still such a, um, a conversation that I, I think we just don't even think about the fact that he's saying, don't be offended. They hate you because they hate me. And when they kill you, just remember it because they hate me. Um, thanks for the pep talk, Jesus. Really, really. I mean, that's the way to leave your your guys. Uh, <laughs> and so, but it's still, um, you know. Hey, but that just shows, I mean, 
the Holy Spirit is, I mean, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's more than enough for us. Like, mm. that's all we need. Amen. We can't do anything in our own strength. So to me, that's encouraging. Like, I mean, it sounds crazy and it would be like, oh, man, okay. But then I feel like once the comforter did come, they're like, okay, this makes sense. (laughs) Now, now we get (coughs) the the Holy Spirit empowers us so that we're not just like sitting around, like not equipped or, you know, Jesus, he, he left us with everything that we need. Yeah. Even if, when it doesn't feel like it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we had a Bible question come in last night, uh, yesterday evening, really, and it said, question, can we be angry with the wicked, and if we are, does that mean we don't love them? Um, well, I, I think that we can definitely, okay, so I hear the, I, I know what question he's talking about, that, you know, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, probably, but against principalities, spiritual things in high places, but there is a level that I'm disgusted with wickedness. Mm-hmm. And um, let me just say this very openly. I think the Lord is disgusted with wickedness. If you look at the Old Testament, um, now I'm going to say this because everybody don't. Um, but are, are they saying disgusted with the person themselves? Um, <coughs> yes, I think so. Um, Brother, I, Brother Ron used to say, hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. Always. But I get what you're saying. It's almost kind of like we hate wickedness. And if you align yourself with that, it's not that we hate you. But if you align yourself with wickedness, you're aligning yourself up with what God hates. Mm -hmm. And there's casualties of, I always said casualties of war. Because when God's judgment falls upon the earth, or if you come into that alignment <clears throat> and you don't have that protection, it's coming on you. Not that, that God doesn't love you and he does, but whatever you choose to serve, that's who your master is. And that's who he's the one that comes to kill, steal and destroy, not God, but God's justice has to be served no matter what. So that's my answer. Yeah. It may not. Be I think right. we just have to remember that it is up to God though, because I think, the Lord wants us to have hope for people, even wicked mm-hmm. people, because, I mean, he had hope for us. I, and, I agree. and I think he wants us to have more faith and more hope and fight for people more than fighting with people. Yeah. I think he wants us to fight for people more. I feel like sometimes it's easier to just um, be disgusted and, and then just not pray for that person. Hell yeah. Um, but I do understand because the wickedness itself, the sin itself, and and especially when it's like a group, like uh, I don't know if I want to mention certain groups, but like the alphabet group, big groups. Of, I mean, yeah, the LGBTQ community, like yeah. when it's a huge community of sin, it is hard because yeah. it's like people associate with that. But I mean, we do have to remember that there's still people that God loves and God wants to restore them and save them and set them free. I'm going to take it a step further, but that's just me. Like Aaron said, we wrestle not because I believe that's what we're we're wrestling against these people, that they're full of demons. And we need to ask God, help God somehow. we got to get them set free. And so. Well, okay, so I, there is, I'm trying to look through the certain time. I have it written down somewhere else in, in studying. It does say that God hates sinners about 20-something times in the Old Testament. 
like not sin, sinners. Sinners per people. Um, in the Old Testament, it <clears throat> uses strong vocabulary. Um, and he hates the wicked. And he mm-hmm. he loves the righteous, but he hates the wicked. Now, you can get in the Hebrew, and you can look at some preferred and dislikes and distrust. Um, and again, the wicked do, like, whenever we wrestle against spiritual, the spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. we're not wrestling against people. Mm-mm. But... And even if somebody does have, per se, spiritual demons or something on them, they're still that responsibility. They don't get yeah. to get out of hell free to car because mm-hmm. they got demons. So exactly. I, think it's a, I think it's a balance we go into all this that um, I hate sin. Um, I don't want to sin myself. You know, and I, yeah. I don't want anybody to sin. I, <clears throat> I, think, I think we get to the point where we hate wickedness because God hates wickedness. Like yes. God absolutely ferociously hates wickedness. Um, and that's why he sent Jesus so that wickedness can be destroyed. Yeah. And that we can be made new, but I would say that I would say just because you're angry with somebody for committing sin doesn't mean you don't love them, yeah. and I don't think it means that you wouldn't pray for them. Yeah, but I think that we can be angry at sin ferociously. Now, I think it's a balance. Like, I just don't. I don't want to ever get to the point to where nobody's ever held accountable for their actions. Yeah. And, and we say that, well, you can't help it or you can't do this or something like that because wickedness is wickedness. And he's always demanded mm-hmm. people to repent from wickedness. And, and so I, I'm, I'm, I agree with everything said. We need to fight for people. We need to pray for people. We need to yeah. be there to help restore people. We need to lift them up out of the dirt. We need to be there for the woman caught in back to adultery, all of that. But Jesus never left them in that condition. No, he did not. He never made excuses for them. He never mm-hmm. excused their sin, and he never told them it's okay. It's no big deal. Yeah, um, it's and true. I, and I think what we do in the church sometimes, because we are so not willing to address people's sin or address anything or stand on anything, we kind of go about it with you know a nonchalant attitude. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we let everything off the hook by using the statement mm-hmm. "God loves the sinner." But hates the sin. Amen. But actually, that's never found necessarily in the scripture. Mm-hmm. That that phraseology. Now, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because He loved us. Yes. So there is a balance there. But then also in the Old Testament, you gotta you gotta go back and you gotta say this is the same God. So God does hate sin. He does. And He can't look upon sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really strong vocabulary all throughout Proverbs and, and Psalm, majority on the majority thing. And then He goes and you go to Isaiah one, and Man, I don't want to be a part of that group of Isaiah one because the Lord is ferociously angry with them people. I think sometimes we forget, not us, uh, me particularly, but in general, the church. I'm Brother Tim said it this morning. There's not enough hell preaching, and I think we had so much of it for so long. We did what Aaron says. We overcorrected the other direction, but there is a hell, and if you align yourself up and you don't take the gift of God which is eternal life. And if you don't take that gift and you don't align yourself up with the things of God and make him Lord of your life, there is a hell that you're going to. It wasn't created for you. It was never meant for you. But that's the place of God's justice, that he is separating those people, the sheep from the goat. He's separating these. And I'm thinking, but if you will continue in sin, and if you continue down that road and you'll never allow God to penetrate your heart because those people that are talking to you and loving on you are sent from from heaven that are trying to help you get out of your mess. 
But if you continue in sin and you continue in that dark, deep path, now we're, we're, we're not talking about strongholds right now because there's a difference, I believe. There's a stronghold that some people are walking in, but then there's some people who choose to walk in sin and choose to walk in this path. If you continue down that path and you continue that, your ultimate road is hell. And we got we can't ever forget that. There is a heaven and there is a hell. We can't just say, well, it's all, it's all it is is heaven. There is no hell. It's there. It's a place. And that's the ultimate, your ultimate place to be if you do not accept the gift of God. And it don't and it just don't happen like I'll get I'll accept him when I'm ready. That don't happen like that. You have to be drawn to God. You have to be drawn to the Spirit. You have to be drawn to his own. And if you give up those opportunities when God puts it in your place, he it may never come back on you again. It, I've heard people say that again. He's seen his hand at the door and these people would not he said, the Lord, he said, I was so compassionate about getting these people. Hey, listen, God's telling you, I see a hand at the door. He says, right now, it's time for you to come forward. If you don't come forward right now, that it may not be tomorrow. You may not have it again. And he said, I seen the hand lift and they never come up front. And that family went off in a car and they all died that night in a car accident. And I'm not trying to put that manipulation of that, but he's seen that. Something was about to happen because they've aligned themselves up and not allowed God to pull their hearts into him and that he could have protected them. But I think the hand of protection was being lifted upon those people because the enemy, all he wants to do is get you into his kingdom and destroy you. That's all he wants. I'm going to read a couple examples. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, Psalm 5.5, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Psalm 11, 5, the Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who <clears throat> loves violence. Like, there's a... Now, I'm not sitting here saying, like... I'm reading these because I want us to understand the balance that Scripture gives us. Mm-hmm. That he is not excusing it. He, And, you know, the six things that God detests or hates in Proverbs, we find those two. Gossiping, slandering. He hates the sin. Mm-hmm. And he hates the absolute... Um, travesty of wickedness and there's people that absolutely come against it now we have to balance that with what he said in the Old Te- in the new testament whenever you know while we were yet sinners christ died for us and yeah. people say was well, that a contradiction then because the old testament is telling me he hates wickedness the new testament is saying that he loves sinners and he died for them all right so now we got this dichotomy brewing here and how do we reconcile this in our head? How do we reconcile this scripturally? Does Is it just as easy as saying God hates the sin and loves the sinner? Well, Proverbs, Psalm 11 and 5 and Psalm 5, 5 right there, that really challenges that because, True. well, that he's saying he hates the wicked. So I think we have to understand what he's saying in the Hebrew there, that he dislikes. He, it, it causes him frustration. He, he prefers. So... Jacob I have loved, Esau I hated. hated. Does that mean he despised Esau? No, because he was not. It, it wasn't like he was mean to Esau on the earth. Yeah, Esau's the one that 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 gave up his birthright. Esau's the one that got tricked. Esau was the one. Like Esau had personal responsibility. It's not like God just picked on Esau and God hated Esau and bullied Esau. Yeah. And so I think we have to understand the actual word hate. What context. he's saying yeah. of when he says he hates and he prefers. Uh, but also we need to understand too that God doesn't just I love them so I'm overlooking what they're doing <laughs> yeah that's... because I think that's what we perceive love to be then mm-hmm. and so I think we have to understand that God 
is extremely angry at sinners. True. He's not just angry at the sin. He is angry at the sinner. Mm. Doesn't mean he hates them. And I love I love my kids. But when they do really bad things, I'm angry <laughs> at them. And I'm I'm trying to correct them. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you being dis- disobedient? Why did you take the milk and pour it on your sister's head? Like yeah. True story, probably. I don't know. It probably happened in my life. The kids you got. But he's ang- like, I'm angry at the kid. Doesn't mean I hate them. Doesn't mean I like don't love them. It just means yeah. I'm angry at what they did. Yeah. And we have to remember that the Lord is angry at sinner. Like he's really angry. He's not happy with them. If if you don't believe me, you can go to Isaiah one, where he's basically saying, you know, all these religious people are doing all these things, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and I just rather you not do it. Yeah. It's gross to me. It's detestable. I don't even want it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it's – so the original question, can you be angry at sinners and still love them? Yes. Yeah. I really do think you can. I don't think it means we hate them. And I don't mm-hmm. think it means we're not praying for them. I don't think it means that we're not rooting for them to get better. But, you know, it's – I think we're angry at sin. Yeah. And um, I think there's a balance. And I don't think there should be judgment. I don't think there should be condemnation because Christ didn't come into the world to condemn it but to save, save it. it. Yeah. But I think if we reconcile all the scripture together, um, God was so angry at sinners, he took it out on Jesus. That's true. On the cross. And Damn. and that's what it means. He satisfied the wrath, the anger, the, the weight of your sin, the cost of your sin was paid for on the cross. And now he doesn't have to be angry or mm. um, judging towards us. Because, because Jesus, Jesus has satisfied that wrath. He satisfied the payment. He satisfied the penalty. He has paid it all through the cross. Hmm. And the reason that I will never taste <clears throat> wrath is because Jesus already drank my wrath. Yeah. So the wrath was satisfied. The wrath was paid. But if the wrath has not been paid, and you have not been born again, and you have not yeah. been washed by the blood, I mean, there's no other way to say it like, you are not on God's good side. Yeah. And the Bible says in Romans, behold the goodness and the severity of God. It's kind of like having two presents. <laughs> this present, God says, here's my present to you. I give you the gift of eternal life. Open this up and and follow me. Follow after who I am. And heaven's your home. And I'm you're going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then you got this gift from the devil hey i can give you everything on this earth i can give you money fame riches and fortune but he don't tell you what's at the end of that when you open that present up you selling yourself out that your that gift is hell hell bound and he don't show you the the severity of hell because he's dragging as many with him as he is because he is doomed forever there's no that's the i think sometimes i think when we say hate we want to say God's done with you. And I think some people feel that way. So the only one he's ever done with is Satan. And so, I mean, I sit there and, and, and think that why would you reject this gift? Mm-hmm. But so many do. And I'm, and I'm going to ask God that. I don't understand that. You know, why? how, how can so many just reject the gift that you've given them? And yeah. 
I don't know. It just it mind boggles me. I think we just have to be careful that <clears throat> the anger it isn't causing us to sin. Yes. We have to make sure that the anger is righteous and justified by the same type of anger that it talks about mm-hmm. with the Lord. Because I think there are a lot of, I feel like there's two extremes in the church. There's the sissified making excuses for sinners, and then there's the hatred yeah. for people and like prejudice and and uh, just hate mm-hmm. for one one side of politics versus another side of politics. Or, I mean, there's just so much. There's hate on one side, I feel like, and there's just excuses on the other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have to get in that middle where we're not excusing sin, but we're praying for people, but we are still hating the sin. Well, I think the best example is Jesus in the, tab- in the synagogue whenever he goes in there and he turns the table up. Mm-hmm. Because he's not, he didn't go in there rebuking people, devils. He actually went in there rebuking people. People. He said, you have turned it. You have turned my father's house into a house of merchandise. You have turned my house into a den of thieves. Like, he is angry with these people. True. He is ferociously angry with them to the extent he's turning tables over. Does that mean he doesn't love those people? No, because he gave his life for those people. Um, and, And if you are a place where you want to use, per se, being angry at sin as an excuse to be prejudiced or racist or yeah. isolating one group—you're no. not even in a godly sense, anyways. No. Um, you are you are way off the mark. But I do think, though, that um, you know, when we saw the—I'm just going to call it out. I don't know. I'm I'm not backing up. You know, when the San Francisco men's choir, gay choir, come out there and saying, "We're coming after your children. Yeah. We're coming after your children. We're coming after your children." All right, I'm mad at the sin. But I'm mad at those people, too. I'm uh-huh. not going to lie. Like, there's a fight in me to say, you're not coming after my children. Like, you know, I'm going to raise up a standard. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the face of the Lord. But there's a there's a spirit behind that. But those people are also choosing to. And so there is an anger. Now, do I pray they would be reconciled and redeemed? Would I share the gospel with them? In a heartbeat. Yeah. But there is this I know. pushback. And I don't think that means that <clears throat> we are necessarily sinful, uh, and I, I think we can mm-hmm. be angry and sin not. Sin yeah. not, yeah. And so, Amen. Um, That's where we need to get to, is being angry and sin. But having a holy anger sometimes, man, it's like, whew. It's, um, the thing that bothers me is, like, for example, like Aaron being angry towards those people and at that sin. I know, and Jacob knows, and everybody else knows, that he is not going to support that like he's not just getting angry at them, but then going behind closed doors and literally, like being a hypocrite in yeah. that sense. Like we know, like I'm not what, singing in that choir. <laughs> we know that he doesn't ha- he doesn't struggle with that. But the thing that bothers me is hypocrisy. Yeah. When when we're calling out, like even you know, with so many. Sin- I mean, we talked about yesterday, like making one sin greater than the oh, other, yeah. and like fighting so hard for one sin. I can say for like. I can say for Aaron, he, I mean, I believe the Holy Spirit calls out a multi, a multitude of different sins. So mm. I'm, I'm not talking about Aaron in this situation, but I'm talking about like just Christians who want to fight for one single sin so, yeah. and not anything else. Like cohabitation, great. Like don't say anything about it, but then zone in on one other sin. True. And I'm not saying you, I mean, we're having a level of sanctification we have the lord is working on us daily so there might be yeah. sins that we we don't even realize we've not been convicted of yet True. and he hasn't opened our eyes but to it can i i don't want to cut you off but i feel like this is important to unpack what you just said 
when we're angry with sinner, it's not angry with somebody who's trying to grow in holiness and struggle with issues. But I think what we're talking about on this question on a deeper level is those who are completely opposing God. Yes. These ain't people who are struggling with the sin. These are thing these are the people who are coming against the Father, coming against the kingdom, yeah. coming against the church. So like when I see and I hear about Nigeria killing Christians all the time, there's an anger yeah. against them. I mean there's an anger against the spirit, but there's an, you're slaughtering Christians. Yeah. By the minute, yeah. literally, mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So I'm never angry at somebody. Like if Jacob comes up to me and says, well, I messed up. I did something. Yeah, I'm never angry about that. Does that make sense? I feel like the, well, no. I feel like people may need to hear that unpacking that. I think the wicked, he's talking about the wicked. wicked. And those who are practicing Willingly, yeah. wickedness. Like yeah. if a witch comes up here and tries to curse you, uh, I'm angry at the sin. Well, I'm angry at the Get out of yeah. here. I'm like, going to tell know. her. I'm going to pack her up and she's <laughs> so going out of this place. We're talking about like Jacob isn't a lost person. So, but like a, a typical lost person who doesn't know Jesus at all. That's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who are, I mean, these people are lost though. Yeah. Well, I, I would say that it's more talking about those who are actively coming against the kingdom. The kingdom of God. The, yeah. That. Those who are making an effort against God. Yes. yes. And the wicked, the wicked. Um, and, you know, it's like if you're sitting there and you're telling me you're coming after my kids to brainwash them and to do these things, like there is a spirit behind them. And we yes. wrestle not against flesh and blood, which basically I can't do this fight in a natural sense. And so we yeah. wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's saying I cannot go to you and punch you in the face. That's yeah. not how I accomplish anything in the kingdom. It is even if I'm angry with somebody, yeah. I only do something via prayer and via yeah. fasting and via intercession. Like that's how I do it. Um, because you know, physical force was something Jesus never condoned. Actually, True. Um, he said if you get tur- if you get hit, turn the other cheek. cheek. Um, whenever Jesus tried to, whenever Peter tried to swing the sword, you know Jesus. What are you doing? If you live yeah. by the sword, you will die by the sword. Like, if this is how you're going to solve your problems, like, am I now? Am I saying like you should never? I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual matters can never be solved by physical yeah. manifestation, like in the sense of swinging a sword, or, because they're coming after Jesus. But, but I do think it's a. I know we got to go to break, but I didn't want to cut you off. But I felt like hearing what you're. I felt like we needed to cur- unpack that a little bit more to know that if Jacob sins. I'm not angry with him. And I, if, if, and when I meet the woman, like um, I, I ministered to a woman at a gas station the other day and talking about her husband had some schizophrenia problems and she is talking about her cancer issues. And, and um, you know, if I'm ministering to just a woman out in the street like that, who's struggling with sin or in a place of life, I'm not angry with them. No. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, Jesus wasn't angry with them. Mm-mm. Jesus was angry against the ones who are, Actively, actively, progressively wicked and producing wickedness and going after wickedness with mm-hmm. their heart. Um, this woman just broken and she needs a savior. I'm not going up to her. I'm really angry with you because yeah. you're a sinner. I'm I now if Jesus, what he did is he restored. He didn't leave her the same. Like he mm-hmm. never left somebody the same, but I think it's that balance to find out. And I think the key word is wickedness and those who practice wickedness. Yeah, yeah. Different. I think we just needed to define wickedness a little bit more. Because, I mean, wickedness in general is pretty broad. Yeah. I mean, that covers a lot of different things. But, like, having your heart, I mean, it, what you're talking about reminds me of the ones throughout Scripture that, like, their hearts were filled with when Satan filled their heart. Mm-hmm. 
and they were like actively coming against. But then again, I mean, Paul was persecuting Christians. Yeah. And I think that. And thank God he had that experience and God turned his but, life around. But he, but he answered the call. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But I think Stephen praying for him unlocked a lot of things. I do too. Um, and Stephen, you know, you don't have to be angry. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be angry at wickedness. I'm just wanting people to know that, you know, if you're angry at wickedness and you're angry at those who practice wickedness when they say, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a sin. I think it can, be, I think it can become sin if we don't put our guardrails up and protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if it would become sinful at that <coughs> point, if out of just anger there's no physical threat or anything, you just go punch one of them in the face. Mm-hmm. That has been a, that's a sin at that point, I feel like. Yeah. Because now, now if they come at you and your self-protection and self-whatever, you know, I get the whole point of turning the other cheek. I don't know what I would do in that situation. That's a question for another He only told us to turn one cheek, though. No. <laughs> but um, we but the th- thing I'm noticing before we go to break about a lot of these different examples is, like, there's other parts, in, like, with children. Like, the ones coming after our children, like... When we see over and over, the Lord says, don't touch my children. Like, the Lord is yeah. protective over his children, too. So when when you, your mindset is lining up with God's mindset, like, you're wanting to protect people, you're, like, wanting protection, then it's not just about the anger, either. No. Like, you're wanting to protect, too. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're four minutes over a hard break. Uh, let me read the second question. Who sent spies to act as followers of Jesus and to trap try to trap him again who sent spies to act as followers of jesus and to try to trap him 270-257-2689 we'll be right back here after the break on mornings of box two radio on the box two radio network box two radio thank you so much for joining in we will open that question back up at the next break don't have an answer yet for it um i feel like there's probably some more unpacking to do on this whole question to make sure that we're clear on a lot of things because I don't want anybody to go around thinking that you can just go and, um, you know, just hate everybody or be angry at everybody. And it's okay. Cause that's not what we are alluding to whatsoever. Again, we, our heartbeat is for all to find Christ. We are to go into the highways and the Bible's ways. We're to reach out. And even the people that we may be angry with, um, who are per se for the examples, you know, singing a song, we're coming after your kids, coming after your kids. I am ferociously angry at that devil, and I'm also ferociously angry at the people. Like, yeah. I don't, you're not coming after my kids. There's a certain level of protection. <clears throat> but then at the end of the day, too, I'm praying for them to be saved. I'm yeah. praying for God to reach into their lives because I feel like throughout the scripture, we find, and we've seen talking about this on the, on the break, there is vocabulary and phraseology being used throughout scripture. Satan filled their heart. Yeah. And so if Satan's filled their heart, our greatest, and our greatest uh, passion should be to get Satan out of their heart. Uh, but. So even if you're angry with somebody, that does not excuse you from preaching the gospel. And that doesn't mean you necessarily don't love them because I'm going to love them enough to say, you know, you should not be doing this. And you are not going to attack my kids. You're not coming after my kids. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God encounters you. I'm going to pray that Satan gets out of your heart. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm going to pray for you. Um, And I think that's where Stephen, like, Stephen, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like, I think he's praying for a people that's deceived. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, and I think that Stephen would have prayed for whatever, and I think it was Stephen's prayer that unlocked it. Yeah. But you can't tell me in that moment of being stoned, Stephen's, <clears throat> like, playing um, dominoes and chilling out. Like, yeah. he's probably having to guard his own heart because there's an there has to be this thing that comes yeah. up, like, 
even with Jesus to an extent, like, you know, it's just, um, you know, Peter addresses them and Jesus that you killed. Like, there's probably some, a little bit of edge on there. Like, you killed Jesus. Yeah. And, but it doesn't mean we don't love anybody. Um, and, and so I, I don't know. I think it was a good question. I'm thankful for the question. Um, I mean, even the president said, didn't you say that one Sunday about, I remember going back saying that your children's not your children. Yeah, there was a statement being said, and it's circulating. It's really a Marxist sta- statement. Yeah. But, um, you know, your children are not your own. It's the children of this nation. No. It's a socialist mindset. Um, my children are my children. Yeah. And they're my They're God's they're children. They're not yours yeah. to raise. They're God, my to raise. Yeah. And remember, if you go back to Alice Bailey and the 10-point plan, the tact of the enemy and the strategy of the enemy has always been yeah. put the kids in the state's authority. Yeah. Because if you put them in the state's authority, then you actually it's it's the same it's the same philosophy and goes along the stream same stream of thinking. Whenever they said just recently, school boards looking at parents and saying you have no say over what we teach our huh. kids. I have every say over what I teach my kids, and if you if you don't let me, I'll bring them to homeschool or I'll put them in a private school. Yeah. But you ain't going to tell me that because they're my kids. Because what they think is they're their kids. Yeah. And the governments and the nations, they're not. They're ours. Mm. They're arrows in my quiver. They yeah. are they are my responsibility. My kids are my kids. And this is what's happened whenever we've allowed the government to have so many um like we depend on the government for so many things. Again, I'm I'm trying yeah. not to go on an anti government conspiracy because I'm <laughs> no, not there really necessarily, but it's I like b- because because of welfare because of this program because of free health care free food free all these well you don't let us raise your kids we'll take it all away yeah it's a manipulation and it's a perverse perverse thing and because they think because they do all this and we've allowed them to have such a root in our life and a grip that now they control what we do it's almost kind of like um the government says hey you give us your children we'll give you free babysitting all day Mm -hmm. and if you do this you know because so many i'm it, it just irks me how we've allowed the government in our homes and in our lives so much that now we're trying to break free and it's it's hard yeah i'm proud of jacob he got a anti-government rant he'll go there uh, yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm 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 holding back all right but uh the holy spirit's at work <laughs> the restrainer is at work all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but you know, but it, it, there's a truth to that. They're my kids, yeah. and um, you come after my kids, I'm not going to be happy, and I'm going to be angry. Like um, you come telling my kids and trying to confuse them, and you try to like this is one of the. I'm be honest with you. One of my greatest fear for my children is the brainwashing of gender identity and homosexuality or LGBTQ movement. It sounds like we're picking on them a lot today. I don't mean to, but it it is because that's what's attacking our kids. Yeah. And really the whole essence of all that attack is identity. Yeah. Because the the enemy wants to rip from them they are made in the image of God, that they are this, that God has fearfully and wonderfully made them. Because when you rip identity, what do you really rip? Confidence. True. And God has given us confidence that we are wonderfully and for, fearfully created in his image and because I'm made from him and he's all things have been made by him, through him, and for him. I know that he has made me. And if he has yeah. made me, I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. And I'm not trying to be somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to walk in what God has for me to call. But if we can if we can confuse a whole generation, we have a, gener- a generation that don't have identity, that don't know who they are, 
and then a generation that has no confidence to do what God has called them to do because they're always trying to be like somebody else. And that only knows perverted love and seeks perverted love because their innocence has been stolen. Yes. Well, I will say this, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to pick on because I love those out there who are, are in that bondage. But the alphabet group is going to be the defender of sexual immorality that God hates. And I believe that's what they've done because they want to add every letter that represents somebody who doesn't fit the status quo. You know what we can't, they, it's like they're stretching things even further beyond. Like if someone wants to identify as an animal, I believe that's coming. You know, I believe that they're going to be defending them because it's become a sexual immorality club basically. And I believe like we've had other organizations over the years that are evil kkk the black panthers group they're defending something that they think is right but it's so wrong because they're trying to take hold of it's like the enemy who says okay you be part of this group we'll defend you we'll be we'll be those who are for you and nobody can be against you and we'll go after those people who are against us and it's like it's always against the people who are trying to help them to, to, to sh- help them get through what they're going through. But these people will accept them for whatever they decide to be mm-hmm. instead of what God tells them with who they really are. And that's the problem, I think, is that they don't know what God's called them to be because the church has never put that up on people, upon this next generation, and saying, I'll show you what God's called you to be. Yeah. Let me help you show you what God, let me build you up. Let me show you how, what God says about you in the scripture, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made they're in his seeking, image. They're seeking for things that really, everything that they're seeking for is only what God can give them. Yeah. But they're finding it in a community that's of the devil. Yeah, it's it's the of gift. Of the enemy. It's that gift, I'm telling it's you. It's a it's a perversion. Because God perverted. creates and the enemy yeah. perverts. perverts. He can't create, he can only mimic. And, and it, so and really, I mean, imagine if this whole community was in God's community. Because they're looking for community. Mm-hmm. And look at how much I mean, honestly, it's sad, but a lot of ones that are advocates for these agendas are do, actually doing a lot more than people in the church are doing yeah. for God's kingdom. Amen. And God's agendas. It's kind of like I'm sitting there thinking, God, and that's broke including that curse. me. Like I'm preaching to myself in that because it is easy to look at the the world and be and feel like, well, what what can I do? True. Like, what can I do? But I mean, the enemy's not stopping, and people are rising up every day to to fight for him. Mm-hmm. I agree. And we have the Holy Spirit. We could turn the whole world upside down with the Holy Spirit. It's funny how you think about this. Jesus broke everything. He broke the curse. He broke the power. He broke dominion. He took it all from the enemy. He took it and ripped him clean of everything. But he did not remove those in charge over the areas and metrons. There are still things that are over areas, but they have no authority because God took it from them. But the church doesn't see that for some reason. I don't know. But only the enemy has is if you, only power he has is to get to agreement from you. So when you agree with him, you agree with him on something. That's what he does. He pulls you in. That's the only power he has is through your agreement. And the more he can pull into his agreement, the more power he has. Because he's using people just like Jesus uses people. And whatever he can do to pull them into that agreement, because they're not stuck there, because there is a way out. And God has provided that way out. Mm -hmm. But so many don't want out 
because they've come into that agreement with them so much that they don't see the way out because they're like puppets yeah they're really not because god's in control yeah they're living like they're a puppet or well their god is the devil blinded world yes they can't see like there's been times that i've walked into a store or <clears throat> walked into a, a atmosphere and it's like it's like the lord let me like see spiritually for a second and it's like everybody was just walking around like blindly in darkness Hmm. like nobody was even like it was little things too but it's like everybody was like almost in a in a fog like nobody was really like alert i felt like i was me and jamie were the only like people that were alert Hmm. spiritually in that room and everybody else was just kind of like walking around just not really knowing where they're going just distracted and it was it was kind of scary it was like Wow, it was like reminded me of like a utopian society or something where people are just being controlled by yeah. something and they're just following it and they're not rising above that and being alert. And I know I've I've been blinded before by a lot of yeah. things and I was like, Lord, like I never want to go back to that. Like I I want to be alert always. I want to know what's really going on. I want to see yeah. the world. I want to see the truth mm-hmm. and see spiritual things for what they truly are. That's awakening. Because you're being awakened, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. These people are just walking around like they're a bunch, like you said, puppets. Like, controlled by... Looking at their phones. Yeah. Like, and, listening and, to, like, music. Like, there was a person listening to this song, and, like, I feel like I used to not even think about it. Like, the songs like that, I, I wouldn't really pay attention to what the words were saying as much. But, like, the song that they were playing just out loud in the store, and there were kids around and everything. It was just such filled with darkness. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was it was bad. And I'm like, there's kids in here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's where I do see, like, that righteous anger coming <laughs> up because, like, it's crazy. And even, like, when we went to the beach, like... Mm. The person who's, like, in the little stand, you know, as you walk down to the beach, like, you know, the little for parasailing and different things, like, we would walk past there. And, I mean, kids, bunches and bunches of kids walking past this all day. And these songs, they're playing these songs that are terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the words are just filthy. And then, like, you smell pot and you, like, the, the environment, it's like they don't have that care to, like... They don't. They don't care about how they're affecting the the little ones who are yeah. watching them. It's like they're just in their own little world. It's like the closer you get to Jesus, the more you feel like you don't fit in anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, when we went on vacation, I felt the same way. I was like, we just don't fit in anywhere, and and I, and I don't want to fit in. That's the problem. We've for so long tried to fit in, but now we don't fit in. Now we're becoming what God says we're supposed to. We're a peculiar people because our kingdom is not of this world. We're just here because. God has put us here for a reason, but our ultimate place is him and our ultimate place where we're going to be is the kingdom of God. And I think when you get closer to that, the more you start seeing, I don't belong here because, um, this is not my home. And uh, and you start seeing why Jesus said, I didn't even have a place to lay my head. And it was like, no one understood with exactly what the here's the creator of the universe coming to earth he doesn't fit the mode of what they thought he was going to be he's so different he's so amazing he's there's such amazingness about him and they just were like looking for something different and he he just messed up the status quo of what they thought um he was going to be like and i think 
that to me shows that we're going to become, we're going to see that too, where we're not going to have a place to let our head. We're, we're just don't want to fit in anywhere. And it's like, we're just here because God wants us to do something on this earth to bring as many people as we can for him. And that's what we're created to be. That's what we're created to do. Get as many people out of that. Yeah. Out of of, of that. Yeah. Uh, And it's, I don't know. And when you start seeing, like you said, it's like, whoa, was I like that? And I know I was. And it's like, like, and even in areas, you, you know, that certain things, certain areas deal with different things. Like Aaron said, familiar spirits in different areas that, that the, when they asked that he would not cast them out of that area, the legion, they didn't want to go to another area because, see, they had that stronghold in that area. So you'll start seeing different strongholds in different areas. And you're like, why is everybody doing the same thing? Oh, wait, because it's a, that's the stronghold in this area. That's the strong man in this area. Um, you know, like, it seems to me that when something takes place, it just seems to be a reciprocal cycle in that area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to call out Grayson County, and I don't know what I can say on the radio or what, but. I know there was a time where they were dealing with a lot of um, teachers and kids, you know, and it was just like, man, it wasn't just one. It was two, three, four, five. I mean, it was just like, what's going on? Why is, why are we dealing with this? You know, and then we're dealing with another thing in Litchfield over one of the police officers with another child. Um, well, I mean, a teenager, not, I don't want to say young child. And then child, you hear but, of other things, even not like in the school system, things like that, but you hear things just, yeah. you know, come up. Because the ultimate thing, I believe, and this is why I think well, we're not picking that group out, but it's the sexual immorality in America is so bad it's that the spirit it's the spirit. It's the spirit of perversion is behind LGBTQ community. Yeah. I mean, it's not just it doesn't just start there. It starts mm-hmm. with the perversion. Yeah. And, and desensitize. Yes. They had to desensitize us somehow. And they mm-hmm. desensitize us through TV. Because it had to go after, it had to empower the, it had to give, to take the power, it had to trick the church. So how do we do that? Well, they're addicted to TV or they're addicted to television or, or, or music. Well, let's, uh, let's get a bunch of Christians to maybe listen to secular music or watch some secular shows and let's infiltrate it in it and then they'll accept it because I'll, we'll just keep bombarding them with it where it just becomes normal for them. And that's what's happened. And they became, it became normal. And people's, I, they don't want to pick that battle. You know, I, I don't want to deal with that. I, I'm afraid that I may be called a bigot or they may call me racist even though I'm not, you know, because that racism term has changed so much um, of what it really is. And I said, man, let some of these people show you what really, what real racism is. And, and because that to me is if you're standing up against this, what they're trying to put out as some great sin and you're calling it out and you're being called these things. I said, that is not, that is not the case. So I think what we're seeing in this generation is like you said, there's a lack of identity mm-hmm. and, and I believe we're coming in agreement with so many things that we shouldn't be coming in agreement with. Yeah. I think we're going to have to really start to rise above all the noise and because I feel like there's more slander, there's more cancel culture, there's more, there's more attack. 
like in our actual community and culture and nation than ever before. Yeah. Like it's like you say one thing and then someone like all these people gang up against you oh, and start yeah. saying all this stuff. So it's like I think we're going to have to really like ask the Holy Spirit for more self-control, for more um, for more just guidance and to be able to rise above this stuff yeah um and to really let go or i think i like how lance johnson said something like being freed from people like we're really gonna have to like let go of that people pleasing yeah because and be okay with people saying bad things about us because (laughs) i mean one thing you say a whole flock of people can attack you. And so I think once we can get past that and not be bothered by the word curses and things yeah. like that is when we're going to be able to just walk with Jesus and get past all the... Well, when you're walking with the Lord and that fiery flame and you're engulfed in it, it's like all those darts don't even mean... They can't penetrate it. And I think over the years you've been after you know being attacked in that area all the time because you're always speak trying to speak as much truth as we know you know we're always discovering new truths that we may not have known in our hearts or maybe god's opened up a new revelation or impartation that we didn't see before um i think that we as a body will be able to withstand it yeah because we're sold out to jesus i'm not saying it's not gonna hurt sometimes but i'm just saying that he we get the bigger picture because we're like an eagle we can fly above everything else and soar through the sky. And we can look. And like if you think of an eagle's eye, he can see a mile away. He can look down to like different places. He can fly higher than any bird in the, in the sky. And that's how, That's I mean, that's it's, it's amazing if you think about it. It's got pinpoint accuracy on exactly where he's going to go. And exactly like if he's going to scoop down and go where he needs to go. He can pinpoint that as an as an eagle, but he also can fly high, and he can fly above all the everything else. Yeah. Like, it's pretty amazing. But all right, well, we're gonna reread this second question, um, take a break, and try to get another name in for this three week drawing that'll happen this Friday for these two backpacks. Who spent? Who spent? Who sent spies to act as followers of Jesus and to try to trap him? Who sent spies to act as followers of Jesus and to try to trap him? 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings on Box 2 Radio. We're back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. It has been a great morning. Um, A lot of good discussion. I mean, we didn't get much through John, but (laughs) we got through a lot of spiritual um, topics I think the Holy Spirit wanted to bring out. Um, so we're su- we're excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do here um, at the VBS coming up. Amen. Again, that's uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 6 to 8 on Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday, it'll be 10 to, to 4, 4, I believe. Yeah, it is. Um, and so that's going to be a super fun time. But even more, um, and it's been on our hearts to pray this since the beginning. You know, we kind of did make the decision for the VBS um, in a later time. We haven't had a VBS here. And I think we've only had one other VBS here. But yeah, I don't um, remember. We're really feeling stirred for the children right now. And, you know, that's what we've been talking about um, a lot this morning is how the enemy is after our children. The enemy is after this next generation because he knows the power of the army that God's raising up and what the effect that it's going to have on the world. And so my prayer is that um, at this VBS that that it's more than the games and the fun. It's it's more than. um, Well, let's pray over it. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. You want to lead this? Yeah. And 
Let's pray over it. I'll agree. Lord, we just come to you right now, and uh, we thank you for the opportunity of um, having a VBS here. I thank you for allowing us to have Mm. the freedom and the opportunity to pour into kids. Um, I I thank you that kids are a blessing, that they are arrows in the quiver, that they are um, the army that you're raising up, and I thank you that they are precious to you Mm. and that they have value. They have um, a purpose, and I just pray that every child that comes to this VBS would know, would leave knowing that they have a purpose, that that you have a plan. In, um, a destiny for them to be mm. a um, a powerful part of your kingdom, to be a son and a daughter of, yes, of Jesus. you, Jesus. And I just pray that any of them that do not know you, any of them that have never heard yes, the good Jesus. news, any of them who who are broken, are part of broken families who who struggle, who mm. maybe um, have no hope, I pray yeah, that they would Father get the God, hope they need at VBS. You. I pray that you would point out to the leaders, those of us that yes, are serving, God, which, which ones need... Um, extra attention which ones need to be poured into and prayed with and um even delivered Mm. lord i pray that the the kids that are in bondage the kids that are have pain that they're holding on to lord um the ones that really just need a touch from you lord i pray you would start softening their hearts now yes i pray you would prepare their hearts now um and i pray that the ones that need to be here the ones that need to meet with you so desperately the ones that you have a calling on their life you have a Mm. destiny for them that's so so great for Mm. your kingdom i pray that you would make a way for them to be here Mm. lord whatever it takes i pray you would clear the path that you would make a way for them to be here at vbs so that they can hear the truth so that they can be changed forever and and be in a, uh, new additions to your kingdom. Yes. And, and those that have grown up in church, Lord, I know that we'll have quite a few um, that have grown up in church. Lord, I pray for the ones that um, haven't been saved yet, yes. that they are a part of a Christian family, Lord, but but they just have not um, made that commitment yet. I pray, Lord, that you would start to prepare their hearts. I yes. pray you would start to prepare the hearts of their parents, Lord, mm. to be able to disciple them, to be able to teach yes. them after the VBS, Lord. Um, yes. And I, I pray for those kids that, have grown up in church, but, um, but they are saved. Lord, I pray for the freshly saved kids and I pray that you would anoint them, that you would, um, that you would pour into them so that they can be a light to their peers, Lord, yes, so that they can witness to each other. They can pray with each other. And I just pray that we would mm. see revival happen in our youth mm-hmm. and in the kids, Lord. Um, and I just pray that those kids who maybe they, they feel your spirit and they have your anointing, but they just need some more understanding. They need some more wisdom and, um, and just to be able to understand yes. your word. Lord, I pray you would give them a desire for your word at VBS. And I pray mm. that, um, that they would just get a deeper anointing, Lord, so that yes. you can use them because you're pouring out your spirit on all ages on all flesh lord yes. and i truly believe that that you're speaking out of the mouths of babes that yes. you are speaking through any willing vessel Whew. and i just thank mm. you for the kids that you're already going to use and anoint yes. um and and i just want to give you all the glory yes. for that lord we yes. we pray and we we trust you that this vbs is in your hands yes. and that you are going to be the the focus of the vbs and that we are all going to come yes. in together in unity and i declare that i believe it and and i just pray mm. that you would help all the Jesus. ones serving all the ones that yes. have put the time into uh getting this vbs together all the, the ones that have been be behind there, the planning and the and the working and the um and the serving lord i just pray that you would bless each and every hand that's had 
uh, a touch in this, Lord. I pray that you would give all of us strength, Lord. I pray that you would give every yes. every hand um, just peace, Lord, and, and yes. empower us to do your work and refresh us, Lord. I pray um, all that are tired and weary because it's been a very busy season. It's, it's the end of summer. It's beginning of school starting back. Lord, I pray that this wouldn't be a stressful yes. um, time for us, Lord, but it would be a mm. an amazing time, that it yes. would be a time where we feel so strengthened and refreshed and empowered mm. to do what you've called us to do, which is raise up this next generation. Yes. And I believe that we're going to see it happen. We're going to see soul saved, delivered, and set free, and yes. unity come in our kids and all generations. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes, Jesus. Amen. We just thank you. We cancel any assignment from the enemy that tries to call cause any kind of disruptions yes, to this. Father, we canceled that right now, and we expose it right now in Jesus' name. And Father God, we just thank you for this, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a great three or four days, whatever it is. Um, and so we're excited about the lives that are being changed, the, the decorations, the games, the crafts, all that. That's our fishing nets. That's what we <laughs> used to catch. Um, but it, God does the changing, and Amen. we're believing God Amen. to do it. Um, but we need you. We do need help tonight getting the nets ready. So uh, <laughs> anybody that wants, uh, be more than happy. We're going to meet around 5, 530 here at the church, and we are going to finish some of that out. So, again, that's just um, just a call because we need the help. These stuff don't happen by themselves. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm persuaded some people think everything just happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is the one thing I found about church a lot is a lot of people have a <clears throat> lot of good ideas, but no but. All right, so a lot of people have a lot of great ideas and 3% execute them. Execute it, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how it lefts, and unfortunately the 3% percent's the ones that gets exhausted always doing the executing. Um, and so it's the body of Christ is supposed to be for everybody, not just one or two people. Um, Amen. And so um, let's see here. We've been having some good conversations this morning. I've been looking for some texts. I haven't got many this morning. So if you have a Bible question, you have an engagement thing, or anything to that extent, we'd love to hear from you. 270-257-2689 is the number to call in. Or you can text me at 270-230-6337. Um, get some engagement going on. We'd love to hear from you this morning. I know this morning's probably a little hectic for some of you all that's starting school, school back, yeah. getting all that back in the groove. It'll take a few days to get in a groove for that. Uh, but we're here. We're here to give an honest attempt to answering your Bible questions and um, dialogue, whatever you all have need of us to talk about. We are always very much um, open and humbled to try to answer your Bible questions in the most honest possible way possible. Um, you know, we, we don't know everything, but like I said all the time, I do know one who does know everything, and um, we just give it our best shot. Amen? Amen. All right, we do have a question or two left over from um, the other day, though, that we did not get to, and I was going to hit one of those. Let me see here. It's down here. Um, let's see. What exactly did Jesus mean in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17? So I'm going to go to Matthew 4, verse 17. Does anybody have that memorized off the top of your head? Mm-mm. I wish. Shame on you. All right, um... <laughs> I'd rather be correct. <laughs> All right. And it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. So he's talking the context. Um, 
you know, after he's in Capernaum, he had just um, come down from like the temptation in the wilderness, and he's sitting there and he's going about preaching, and and his message really is this: repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So again, to understand, this is really just a <clears throat> continuation of similar to what John the Baptist is preaching for the kingdom of God um, is at hand. And really what he's saying is you need to change the way you're thinking mm-hmm. or you'll miss what's taking place. Mm-hmm. And he's telling them to open themselves up to change the way they're thinking because repent tense in the Greek is literally meta nos, meaning change the way you're thinking, mm-hmm. change the way that you're processing, change the system. And what happens is the system blinds people to such an extent they never see Jesus. And there was a generation that killed Jesus because they didn't repent. So let me ask you something. You know how some people just feel like repenting is always just, they think they just got to say this word. But I said, it's not that easy. It's not just say, I'm repent for what I did. No, it's like you said. I think what we actually repent sometimes when we're changing like we're thinking like we're talking about like hey wait a second these people are like you were talking about in the store that's that's repentance because you're seeing things differently you're focused on heaven because you're like oh wait a second what's going on and i think the more we repent like that the more things you start seeing heaven not here (laughs) as much as because we're we're the ones representing heaven now yeah and i saw a post um that said with new goals come new habits like with new goals new habits have to happen and it but that reminds me of the repentance because like when our mindset changes our habits should be following that our our schedules are it like what we've been talking about with revival it should be affecting everything so i i agree with that i think sometimes we think repentance is just uh forgive me lord i'm sorry and then but it's actually continual yeah yeah well, changing for a long time, we heard it. Repentance is turn away or yeah. turn around. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've always been taught is yeah. turn, mm-hmm, turn. But the problem is, if you turn halfway, but you don't change the way you're thinking, you'll eventually do a three sixteen turn back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and really, what repentance for me is is when Jesus tells us to burn everything, to leave it all behind. Turn. Don't don't look back. Don't look back because he's basically telling us change the way you're thinking. thinking change everything about who you are um and he's not this isn't just our response like the holy spirit will help us to repent yes and he's trying to get them to understand though you have to repent you have to be willing to change and honestly these people never repented like that's the problem is that they like the gifts they like the turning the lunchable into you know twenty (laughs) thousand. i mean they liked all this but they didn't like well, partake of me and drink of my blood, or they didn't like follow me. They didn't like sell everything. They didn't like all this. They they like the the gifts, the activity, the blessing. Yeah. Don't you think we're still seeing that in the church? Oh, a hundred percent. Want one man to do it all? Change really? is not accepted yeah. well. Change yeah. is rarely accepted well. well it's kind of like they wanted Jesus to do all these things for them, while they just sat back and reap the the goodness is just like we do in churches today. We want the pastor and the leaders to do all the work and we want to reap what they have done. And that's, I mean, it seems the same thing happened over. Yeah. And that's what's happened. And I think that's where people need to understand that when Jesus came, 
he did all these things, but he also restored everything that we could do, not just him, because he said, greater things shall ye do, because I go to the Father. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's empowering and not one man to do it, but all those. The body. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how I think we do the greater works than he did. It's not individually we do it. It's, it's when we cor- corporately yeah. come together, greater works. Because he was the seed put into the ground that gave birth to many. Many, exactly. um, He was the firstborn among many brethren. And if he didn't go into the ground, he never sent a comforter. If he never sent a comforter, there's never mm-hmm. a body. That's true. Um, and so whenever the greater works is I'm not going to do greater works than Jesus Mm-mm. individually. But corporately, when we did come together yeah. as one man, because you got to remember Jesus on the earth was one man. Yep. And he surrendered his divine his divine attributes. So he didn't operate as all-knowing. Uh, yeah. Because he even said the Son of Man don't know the day or the hour. Why didn't he know the day or the hour? Because he surrendered on omniscience. Mm. And so he wasn't all-knowing. He wasn't all-powerful. He wasn't omnipresent. All omnipresent. He gave he surrendered certain things because he had to empathize with man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and if he's going to sympathize with everything we go through, he had to actually go through it. Yeah. And if he was everywhere at one time, he didn't go through it. And um, if he was, if he came as all powerful, then he wouldn't have gone through it. But he humbled himself. True. And, and even though Jesus was powerful, like all, po- like he was God, even when he was like praying in the in the garden and like different times, he wanted community. Like he wanted the disciples to take part with him. He wanted yeah. the disciples to pray with him. Jesus was the only one who could do this thing alone, and he didn't even want to do it alone. Yeah. Like he wanted he wanted the <laughs> brethren. He wanted the 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 he was, unity. Yeah. He wanted unity when he was here. Yep. So why should we think that we don't need that now? Yeah. He emphasized that. One of my times. favorite things from. I don't know if it was last Sunday or the one before that, but I just remember hearing it on the radio as we were driving was, you can't be a lone ranger in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just been thinking about that. I've just been like, that's just, that's so good because we can't. I think you said that, Aaron. Did he you say he that? said it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when. Um, <laughs> I don't know when he said it. But. I think it was last Sunday, but yeah. it's just, I mean, it, it doesn't work. It can't work. And, um, and so... Jesus here, though, is telling them, repent, for the kingdom of his hand is at hand. And really, he's trying to get them just to be willing to see the new thing. Mm. Because Jesus didn't come like they thought he was going to come. They didn't, he didn't look like they thought he should look. He didn't, he didn't even act like they thought he should act. Yeah. They was looking for a hero in the sense of a militant leader who's going to come and deliver them from the <laughs> oppression of Rome. Yeah. And, well, he didn't even look like that. He didn't even resemble that. He came as a lamb. And so he came to lay himself down. He came to humble himself. He came as a humbled king. He came not to have violence and to enact his militant power. And I think, honestly, there's a lot of theories that even um, Judas, when he betrayed him, it was to a level thinking he'd get Jesus to do it. Like mm. it, it was greed, but also it's like enticing like, him. Because if you look at Judas, Judas was also a zealot. And if you don't know much about zealots, then um, it was a militant group. And so Judas would have been part of a militant group that probably wanted Jesus to flex his bicep and call down legions of angels. So maybe mm. Judas thought if he can get him in a predicament, he would call angels down. Yeah, that's true. And he was willing to betray him, not just because, honestly, if you if you get to it, Judas didn't really need to betray Jesus just for the silver because he already owned the money back. Oh, yeah. Judas has basically been stealing for a while. Like, he always, I don't know if he was stealing or not, but he had the potential. Let's just say that. True. He was greedy. He, he had control of the money back. 
Um, and isn't it funny that the one that Jesus called a devil is the one he let control the money? Um, all right, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, but, you mm. know, Judas was a zealot or a zealot, however you want to say it. Yeah. Zealot's what I say. But he, he was he was basically trying to, in my opinion, he, it was more than just being greedy. I think he was trying to get Jesus to manifest mm. the, the legions of angels. Probably, and if we get if we get Never. Roman to kill him, that then Jesus surely, if he dashes his foot, and legions of angels going to come down. I don't think they want that. <laughs> I'm but, just, but then he remains silent. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Because the time is coming mm-hmm. where it's we're going to it's it's going to come, and they don't know what they're asking for. <laughs> well, I think the important thing to remember is he came first as a lamb, but he's coming second as a lion. I know. That's, that's what I'm getting First time Whew. he came as Savior. He didn't come into the world to condemn it. He came to save it. Mm. But when he comes the next time, it's, it's 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 not pretty. All hands, all gloves are off. Man, he's ready to go. And that's why he's the shadow of the ark, is now is the day that the ark is open, and now is the day that you need to get on the ark. Because just like the, or- the ark door shut mm-hmm. in the flood, <clears> there's going to come a day... Whenever the trumpet sounds and he descends on the clouds and the sword's coming out of his mouth, that the ark begins to shut. Uh, and when the ark is powerful. shut. Ooh, it, it, I always wanted this, though. God, if you could just snap your fingers and all this would just go away and you could just speak it. Why would we have to war so much? You know, why do we have to have so much warfare? If you could just because I've heard people say, well, can't Jesus just do that? I'm like, yeah, he could. But why doesn't he? That's a question. Well, I think the spiritual warfare de- develops us. That's what I was. I was wondering I if it's, it's better for us. Crushes the oil, and we're being refined, refined by the fire. And I think that's when we face tribulation or face temptation that we count it all joy because it's actually developing us, and he's yeah. actually conforming us into the image of the sun because he's chiseling off the rough edges, using the enemy to build us up. Basically. And he's thinking further than just us. He's thinking about our our children yeah, and their children. That's true. Because I'll just say this. Um, I I was talking to some people and just hearing what they were saying about their father um, and just things that they were observing and learning. And like, to me, it was just a picture of, wow, like parents are truly training. Like if you will train up your kids in the way that they should go and it, what whatever you face, whatever you experience when you're praying, when you're experiencing warfare, like your kids are watching mm-hmm. and they're seeing how you handle it. They're seeing, they're learning, like as the Lord like crushes you and produces that oil, they're, they're in that with you. Your family sure. is going through that with you. So they are like being developed too and they're being strengthened too. And, and so like, even when you're gone, like how you got past the, that warfare, the, the ways that you fought that warfare, your kids will fight True. the even ex- more extreme war- warfare that they probably will experience. Yeah. I think that's what we think sometimes. Like we just want God to snap his fingers, but he says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So what makes it seems like so easy for us is God says, that's not the easy, that's not the best way for you. Yeah. But we also, I think, and too, we have to reconcile it with the fact that we are still f- living in a fallen world. Fallen, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're yeah. we're redeemed from the curse, yeah. but the earth is not yet. True. And that's why the earth itself is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the suns. But also, it's waiting. Yeah. It's waiting for him to come back. True. And um, one of these days, um, you know, Satan will be bound. Yeah, I and, agree. And um, yeah. But it's, it's kind of like I was telling somebody the other day, they were asking about that. And, you know, why does Christians still get codes or why does Christians still get sick or anything like that? Because we're still living in a fallen world. And, um, 
you know, it's. I think there will be warfare as long as we are living in a, a fallen world. Yeah. But we're supposed to shine in the brightness. We're supposed to shine in the midst of the darkness. We're supposed to be influencing and changing and having an impact because we have been redeemed from the curse. Yeah. And he has taken the curse. He's become the curse, and he nailed the curse because whenever he died on the tree, the reason he had to die on the cross was that curse is the man who died on the, on the tree. tree. So when he yeah. died on the tree, he took the curse and nailed it. Yep. He destroyed it. True. And so he has broken the curse for us as believers but if you have not accepted his blood and you have not been redeemed and you don't have a new spirit a new heart because you've never been regenerated then you are still under the curse and so um i think that's all into play of why we're still battling battling you know i mean even michael's michael's always you know i'm sitting there thinking man (laughs) there's always a battle going on you know even with when michael came and took the bones of moses he came and said i come into the one of the i come in the name of the one who sent me he's battling satan for the bones of moses you know there's always some battle going on somewhere spiritually but my third reason i gave you three is that all right yeah. i'll probably give you more but I, my top three would be that first one is the warfare the temptation all that that develops us and it reforms and it helps chisel off the second thing would be we're living in a fallen world the third thing though is kind of connected to the second but it's not in my in my eschatology, I believe we're the restrainer. Oh, I believe yeah. the church is the restrainer, yeah. filled with the Holy Ghost. And I think that's why we're battling. That's why we're holding off, because evil would be completely taking over if we weren't here. True. That's and true. there's going to be a day the restrainer is taken out, and evil will have a rampant pace then. Because he knows, well, I'll have the season that I can do what I want to do, and I'll have rain free on this earth. Yeah. yeah, but he's fighting everything now, but we're the restrainer. True. You take the, earth, you take the church mm. full of the Holy Ghost out of the world, you have rampantness. You have rampant evil everywhere. Abortion has no opposition. That's true. Um, sexual immorality has no opposition uh, mm. because we fight. And we, 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 in a sense, have become the standard that he has raised up. Because the Antichrist cannot step forward because he Until knows that we have that power. He won't expose himself to her. To, oh yeah. Um, so and he'll brainwash people. Yeah, <laughs> I love it though. It's good. Um, but that's my three points of why I feel like we're battling so much. But um, I'm sure other people's got some really good points too. I'm sure that's not a comprehensive answer, but I'll I, keep quiet. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think we're out of time. About anybody got 15, 30 seconds? I was just thinking about. I couldn't remember where it was. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was Peter, but it's in James that okay. that talks about count it all joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. in the trials yep. of various kinds for yep. you know that the testing produces steadfastness and patience of your faith produces and let steadfastness. patience have her wor- perfect what course mm. yeah yep it's good stuff patience long suffering same thing um it's i good. just like that count it all joy yep count it all joy i also see i also see though with the warfare we see jesus really yeah. for who he really is I know that sounds wild, but you start seeing him as he's the only way that we can win this battle. Because hey, we try. if Stephen can smile up to heaven, right? He looked at heaven and smiled while he was being stoned. Mm-hmm. Being a peace, yep. yeah, peace passing. We can count it all joy, guys. Let's True. let's get it. <laughs> let's do it. Amen. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this morning. We got to make room for Miss Jeannie and Miss Karen to come on here and preach a little while this morning. Right now, we are out of here for this morning. We love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.